0: Jennifer Pepito with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is a show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. Today on the show, I'm talking to Emily Pepito, and we're talking about stewarding the atmosphere of the home, especially in regards to our own emotional life. Thanks for joining me today, Emily.
1: Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: I'm excited about our conversation. You know, Charlotte Mason said that one third of education is atmosphere. And a lot of us kind of look at that as as the furniture or the books, or do we have nice bird posters on the wall or do we have great Stockmar watercolor paints or, you know, some of the kind of tools of homeschooling, so to speak. But a part of the atmosphere of the home that can lead to better connection as families, which can lead to restored communities, is just our own peace. The you know, I love Stephen Lawson. One of the quotes in the last podcast of Stephen Lawson was, peace can be a guide for us. But I think that when we're homeschooling a lot of young children or living the busy life of maybe a working mom, it can be really hard to keep our own emotions balanced
1: definitely I would agree with that and I think we have talked about like the vagus nerve and sort of self-regulation and part of stewardship is regulating your response to what's happening and if you haven't been proactive in really letting God into areas where your response your default response is actually broken then it becomes super difficult to steward the home and to steward peace and to even steward the emotions of your children in those early stages
0: yeah one of the things i talk about in mothering by the book is how i wanted so badly to be a good mom and so i was worried a lot about being a good mom but my kids took the expression on my face and the atmosphere that that worry created as, you know, I didn't care or I, I was unhappy with you or, you know, it, it seemed more like unhappiness and it did care and concern. And, you know, even I think for so many moms, it's easy to get in your head and then have this really unpleasant look on your face, which creates a lot of disconnection, creates a lot of kind of trauma for our children, because they think, oh, mom must be unhappy with me. They don't think, oh, mom cares so much about me, she's worried about me. Yeah,
1: 100%. And I don't know if it's all children, but I feel like every child does have a response to your moods, and they either reject you for them, so they kind of go into rebellion, and you can see that in very young children and older children. Where if you are constantly stressed and you're anxious and you're kind of pouring all that out into your home and onto your children, even if that stress is because of the love you have for your children, they either take that on and say, oh, mom's unhappy. It's my job to make her happy. Or mom's unhappy. Nothing I do can make her happy. So I'm going to sort of rebel or, or create distance between us. And that's often done in a really sort of destructive way because obviously a small child can't be like, oh, mom's unhappy. I can't fix it. So I'm going to, you know, give her some space to go for a walk. They're like, I'm going to act out and remove any closeness I feel towards this unhappy person.
0: Yeah, so good. And it's interesting because there's been so many things we've gone through as people in the last few years. And I'm with my peaceful loop community. We're going through developing good habits this year and we have a really active group and several of the moms have just been talking about how much sickness they've had to deal with this year or you know uh, losing a family member so one of the things i've been doing lately actually to help myself be more balanced and steady and and then create that more peaceful and joyful atmosphere is i'm actually using John Eldridge has an app called the pause app and in that app, there's a program called 30 Days to Resilient. And each day that that 10 minute or so um, kind of guided prayer time starts with God, I give you everyone and everything. And I think that, you know, making that declaration every day, you know, I, I'm i going to give you my worries, God, because really the Bible says that he loves us in everlasting love, that he His love never ends. He's a refuge to those who are oppressed. And so we know what is true in our minds, but sometimes it's just so easy to get all up in our heads worrying and not really stewarding our mental life. And this, you know, in this month or so, we're talking about stewardship and we have to steward our thought life. We have to take the time to give those cares to God, you know, cast your cares upon him for he cares for you so that we can live with more joy and peace in our homes. What are some of the strategies that you've used, Emily, to take your thoughts captive, to steward your thought life in a sense?
1: I do really love the pause app from what I've heard of it. I haven't been able to fully engage, but just that practice of pausing before God and laying it all out there and being still for a moment is incredible. When I was younger, between the ages of like 19 and 26, um, I used to write letters from God all the time, and so that's a practice we've probably talked about before, where I just sort of like will sit down for a minute with a pen and paper and be like, "Like God, what do you have to say to me right now?" Or I would be um, really stressed, or I, I remember going through a breakup even and just being really emotional about it, and and just that feeling of like, okay, like you know those lies that hit you, like well, maybe this is you know the last chance I'll ever get, and um, and i'm not good enough and all those things that kind of want to come in i remember just sitting down and like writing and just being so made so at rest as i just felt like god was talking to me and it was just a lot of it was scripture but it was just like you are my beloved and you um are fearfully and wonderfully made and i'm a good good father like like just reaffirming who i am and who he who he is. And that was so incredible. And that has been a mainstay for me. And more recently, as I've gotten older and busier, I don't have time to really like sit down and write that letter, but I am working so hard um, on being conscious of where my emotions are coming from, because I don't want to feed out. I remember reading um, a book or listening to a podcast with Esther Perel, and she was talking about how our loved ones, our, our spouse, our children, the people closest to us should only get the best of us. And so I've really been thinking about that a lot. And I'm like, well, why do I freak out so easily on to my siblings? Like the other day I came home and the sheep had and the goats had gotten out and they had been our gate there's a bunch going on but they had gotten out off of the property out of their fence down a few houses into a neighbor's field and I had been like about to sit down and do work on my thesis and I I was just like another thing and I remember I was just so angry and I was like man like nobody get in my way right now because I'm just gonna eat you alive and and I was driving to go catch them and I was like man like all of these emotions like even if they're valid, and even if some of my frustration is, is true and real, um, my God is bigger than this. And I am called to be seated in heavenly places. I'm called to be um, like the temple of the living God, which also is like what's coming out of my mouth. Like, like, and I have a good, good father. So all these are, are scriptural basis that would say that what I'm feeling isn't invalid but that there is an, an antidote to it that is found in christ and isn't found in freaking out and letting all these emotions out and and going with what i feel and you know just letting it go and so i was like okay like let's let's start and so i just was like okay i feel like i'll never get my thesis done i i feel like nobody i feel i feel like i'm the only one who wrangle sheep or just like silly things, like totally silly things. But by the time I got there, I was still so angry, but I was like, okay, I now have like, like been able to root myself back into Christ enough to know that the person I want to be is not the person who's gonna respond the way I feel like responding right now. And I know the lies that are there are like fear and and feeling like it's always me or whatever it is. And so it's like, I'm gonna address the lies I, I can't necessarily exchange many civil words maybe with somebody, but I can refrain from opening my mouth and letting out my emotions until such a time and such a place where I can deal with them with God. And so it was probably a rare example of me managing everything I was feeling and not pouring it out in that moment on people. Um, but I just, just those things of like, okay, where is, where is this coming from? Because it's never about exactly what's happening in front of us, and we've talked about this a lot, but it's almost always you know, you're disappointed, you're upset, you're frustrated, something from your, your childhood where you felt overlooked or you felt like you were you know, afraid or, or some emotion that goes deep is usually coming up when we're having really irate responses. And, and also, who do you want to be? Who, who do you want to be as a mother because we, as a, as a wife, as a friend, because we are constantly making choices. And I think that's the other side of this right now is, is I'm just so in awe of the fact that um, I am, I have been set free by what was accomplished on the cross. And that freedom means that there is healing. So I no longer have to look like this emotional, angry person, but I can, I were called to be like Christ. And that isn't an empty or a sort of a vague calling it's recalled to love like him
0: yeah that's so good um one of another favorite podcast host is adam young and he talks about how when we do blow it you know when we do get angry or yell at our kids or whatever the mistake might have been the most important thing is that we make it right. You know, it, it can be tempting to just try and move on, but really taking the time to sit with someone to express remorse for the way that you behaved, you know, especially with our children because our actions affect them so deeply and when we try to just breeze over it or or even ignore the pain that we caused by yelling or whatever the behavior might have been. It almost makes it worse. And especially if they come to you and we're like, why were you so mad? Then the most important thing is to just acknowledge the pain you caused and be attuned, be be there for them, be present with them, show them how much you care, because it is, it is overwhelming sometimes being in a relationship with people, especially when you take on homeschooling, creating a cheerful homeschool atmosphere when you're also trying to maybe get ready if you have uh, a charter school involved trying to get ready for state testing or the end of the year or you're worried about what you know where they're at there's all these things going on in our heads and at last if we meditate on our worries what comes out often is frustration towards our kids
1: which is so funny and ironic in the sense that it's just your children are the ones that you are just so in love with. And I think the other thing, and I love that you've done this so well in our home life from as long as I can remember, is you have really stewarded sweet times as a family. And you have really been conscious of like, we would have people over and then as soon as everyone would leave, you'd be like, couch time. And you would gather us all around to talk about the day and see how things went for everyone and what did they enjoy and and you were always, even in some of the harder times, you did put an effort into stewarding connection and stewarding, um, stewarding how you expressed love to us and that was always
0: very real. Mm, I do love you all so much. I'm so grateful to be your mom another thing that i think is important for the atmosphere of the home is just our own self-care because you know i've been working with um a personal trainer who's actually making me eat meals like i would you know have a piece of toast for breakfast or just have coffee and then have a late breakfast early lunch which sometimes was just leftovers or a piece of toast or you know really i wasn't I wasn't feeding myself. I was just grazing and then I'd eat a ton of food at dinner and then go to bed. And she's making me eat food. And then I also went and saw a naturopath who did muscle testing and she's making me take omega-3. She said I was super deficient having me take magnesium and B vitamins and also doing things like taking a walk with friends or standing outside barefoot or sitting and just watching the birds for a little while every day. And doing some things like that that are fun and relaxing and calming have been really integral to, you know, some hard seasons to being able to navigate a lot of uh, emotional needs. I, I have seven children. Some of you listening probably have big families. And the emotional needs of our children are just as great, maybe greater as they grow as when you're caring for little ones. You know, there's a physical intensity of caring for small children and we have to try and keep our joy and keep our peace while we're dealing with dirty diapers and tantrums and meltdowns and all of that but as our children grow there's still this intensity of meeting emotional needs and being there for children as they go through their own seasons and phases and and so it continues to be intense i i don't want to disappoint anyone by saying that but it continues to be intense and so we really do have to learn how to pace ourselves as women for each season of our lives like are we are we feeding ourselves are we giving ourselves the rest that we need are we making sure we have margin in our schedule i know i've talked about that before in some of the other seasons but it's like We have to create margin in our schedule so that we have time to sit down and eat lunch or take vitamins or sit and do the pause app, do some of these things that recalibrate us or regulate us. If we don't do this for ourselves, nobody is going to do it for us. And we might end up feeling resentful towards our husband or resentful towards our children for being so demanding, but partly we you know sat there and scrolled social media instead of just looking at nature or we we you know got um we over overextended ourselves signed up for too many co-ops for the season or too many classes for our kids and didn't pr- provide margin and really our children you know we talked about this with stephen lawson our children in the long run aren't going to be harmed by not being in multiple classes every season they aren't going to be harmed if they're not doing sports and dance and music lessons. I think that having a little bit of time to think and wonder and be in nature has so many health and emotional and mental benefits as well. It's okay to pace yourself and create a more peaceful schedule.
1: Definitely. And I think I've been so fascinated lately by the science of exercise and they... They're doing all this research on like exercise and muscle development. And if you spend like a few minutes a day working out, those few minutes will actually build up and be better for you than somebody who has like a really intense workout once a a week or something. And so they're just finding in so many areas of who we are and how we are created, that small incremental changes or small consistent improvements are what create lasting difference. And so if you are in a place right now where you're like, I am so stressed all the time and it's so hard because I've got four little kids or two kids or three kids or whatever number and all this other stress going on in the background and when they're a little bit older, I'll have time to do this. And when they're a little bit older, I'll have time to do this. The truth is that you're actually creating who you're gonna be in the future and it's gonna be even harder to change. So five years down the road, of sort of like that of that worry or that just not stewarding your thought life like whatever it is that is sort of the the negative or the the Opposite of who you want to be and who you were created to be wherever that is that you go in five years It's gonna be even harder but the beautiful thing is is that in stewarding our minds in taking care of ourselves in um, Improving connection with our children improving the state of our homes and how we feel when we wake up in the morning, those really small micro changes are going to make an incredible difference five, 10 years down the road. And so just figuring out like, okay, I am prone to worry, but every time I worry, um, or (laughs) five times that I worry today, I'm going to, um, say out loud, Lord, I give you everyone and everything. Um, and just starting now to train ourselves so that we are creating a future resilience
0: oh so good and i'm so excited to just reiterate that yeah it's these 1% changes james clear in the book atomic habits talk about talks about it's just the 1% change that builds up to the life we want. So maybe today you're not going to start taking vitamins and canceling all your extra appointments and going outside barefoot and taking your thoughts captive and doing the pause app, but maybe you'll do one of those things. Maybe you'll just remember to take your vitamins right now, or maybe you will schedule a walk with a friend or whatever that thing is that helps you steward your joy so that you can connect with your children and bring more joy to your home. Thanks so much for sharing your wisdom, Emily, and I'm excited for people to listen and just steward their thought lives in a more integral and intentional way.